I'm here with Ruthie Foster in Memphis. Yes. How cool is that? It is cool. <laughs> Ruthie is here for the Blues Music Awards. She's up for how many awards tomorrow? Uh, just one. The uh, Coco Taylor, um, um, the traditional female blues artist war award. Yeah. And have you been up for this before? I have. I actually received it um, one particular year, maybe a couple of times. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of nice to be to be back, you know. I, I actually rented a car and I've got a chance to kind of run around a little bit today and see how much it's grown since the last time I was here, which is really about a year. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it seems like it's changing a bit. Yeah. Just nice cuz for the many years just Memphis wasn't changing at all. Yeah, it's changing for the better though. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on. There's a lot of new uh, restaurants and believe it or not, vegan restaurants cuz you know, that's something I try to lean more towards. Uh, when it comes to my diet these days, just to try to make life easier on the road and on my system. More towards in, in a way that you're not fully be- vegan? Right. Okay. Yeah. I just. Um, How easy is that to be vegan on the road? It's not easy at all, unless you're, you, <laughs> you're stopping by um, grocery stores instead of um, you know fast food places. And it, but a lot of restaurants are leaning more towards yeah, yeah. Uh, that direction, too. And, um, and and this particular week, I'm actually cleansing, so I'm, I'm really trying to be. I know I picked the wrong <laughs> city to come to. <laughs> Call myself trying to cleanse. Wait, did you actually find any vegetables here? I did. <laughs> believe it or not, I found a wonderful little place over on um, uh, Main Street, and uh, yeah, they have lots of vegetable plates and veggie uh, burgers and black bean bur- burgers. Yeah. And what? What is this just because you're on the road a lot and you realize that eating red meats all the time is not conducive to the road life? Or is it just what, what made you decide that you want to eat more con- healthily? You know, a lot of it is just about growing uh, wiser, I'll say, <laughs> about my, my uh, diet choices and really just to feel better uh, on stage and uh, when it comes to moving around from from city to city which is what i do every week right so it just it keeps things a lot lighter yeah and you're still touring a lot i do tour not as much as i used to but can you um, give me numbers as to what you used to do compared to what you're doing this year oh gosh you know i remember adding it up for tax purposes (laughs) uh it was up to about 150 160 days i was out on the road and um, that that was a lot for me, and I'm sure I've done more than that as in, in some years. Right. But it's um, these days it's closer to more like 80, 80 days a year, and so, you know, what, you know, I did have a year where I did a hundred, a little over a hundred a year. So how days. does that work? You do at one point. I don't know if you come up with a plan at the beginning of the year or if it mm-hmm. just happens that March somebody says, "Hey, we got a string of dates. You want them." In, yeah. in the fall or whatever but do you how do you consciously plan for scheduling things because mm. you know you're out there a lot and, yeah. and and I presume you're at a point where you're not trying to still break new ground are you in some areas yeah absolutely and 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 it's really about it's about remaining relevant and in areas I've, I've I've actually been to before, right. So especially with the new you know new albums, when I do a new project and it's about putting that the new music out in front of my fans, in front of hopefully new fans. Um, but um, touring, you know, it's just part of it's become because the music industry has changed so much. It's really how we make our money, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, even with CD sales. You know, a bulk of my CD sales are from the stage. Right. So that's just the, that's the realism of it all right now. So if we go back, so mm-hmm. when we first chatted, it was in Canmore back in you know, 2006. Mm, four, yeah. <laughs> many, many years ago. Yeah. You were telling me about you had gotten an, um, a development deal with Atlantic Records mm-hmm. and they wanted to make you a pop star. Yeah. And you were, you were in New York working your your magic, yeah. and and then you decided that wasn't really the route you wanted to go. So you kind of, I don't know if you decided that you would 
walk away from that development deal or not, but you walked away from it. At that point, yeah. instead of becoming a pop star, and I'm not sure what that they had in mind and if it was clear in your mind what they had in mind, but did you know what you were going after? Like, No, I, I was chasing the dream like a lot of folks do. I was in my 20s and um, being in, invited to a place like New York and to a label like Atlantic was something you just don't say no to. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did that. And I wrote a lot of songs. I performed in a lot of the um, the key uh, venues there, um, the Bitter End mm -hmm. in, in particular. And I, w I got a chance to write with, with some incredible songwriters. Uh, Barry Eastman, a producer, uh, introduced me to songwriters who wrote for Anita Baker. Um, gosh, there was there were so many uh, singers out during that time. Uh, in the uh, early 90s is when this was happening. Um, so, uh, you know, I got a chance to really hone my skills as a songwriter while in New York. Was it like an eye-opening experience? From, it was. Compared to the songs you wrote back home in Texas? And yeah. But I found myself writing a lot about Texas <laughs> while I was there <laughs> because I got so homesick. Um, I just... I just um, uh, I, I just left the, the Navy. I was in the Navy for four years, and I had four years uh, inactive reserve. So I was still serving inactive reserve uh, while I was in uh, New Jersey, New, New York area. Wait, so did did I read it correctly that you joined the Navy because you wanted to see the world? Is that the basic motivation? Yeah, sure. Motivation? It, you know, well, yeah, <laughs> it was something like that. Well, I can keep going back. Before that, I had just uh, I received a, a degree in music and. Um, I really just wanted to do something with, with other things. I had been in music since since ten years old, all the way through you know my my early to mid twenties, and I wanted to just do something other than music. I actually took a break, so I joined the Navy and I was stationed at a uh, a, um, a helicopter squad squadron in San Diego for a year uh, before I actually got into music, back into music. What what got you out of music and what got you back into music? You know, what got me out of music was was all of the those years, early years of being uh, Sister Ruthie in all of these churches playing throughout Texas, Central Texas, East Texas. I did a lot of singing with my little guitar, uh, Dorothy Norwood songs, uh, Andre Crouch songs. I played piano as well. I was this little, you know, um, soloist that went around to different churches. And it was all church-related, choir-related stuff, Yes, right? yeah, yeah. Most, most of it was. Some of it was just community centers and playing for different uh, small cities throughout Texas. But most of it was gospel music. And, um, and I did that pretty much through, well, I did it through high school. And so I went on to study music and graduated with a commercial music degree uh, emphasis on uh, performance and so that was a, that's a lot of music in my life growing up and it was 24-7 you know and I wanted a break I wanted to see if I can even just be in a room and talk to somebody about something other than music <laughs> you know and I wanted to feel like a, a regular person rather than feel like you know I have to be on and perform so uh, I wanted yeah, I just I joined the Navy and I decided I was just gonna work with my hands. You know, I was pretty good at fixing things, so I thought, okay, the helicopters that came that that came across my my desk as the uh, recru you know recruiter was giving me choices. There was welder. That was one that came came to a um, you know I, I thought about being a welder because that was something different. Not a lot of women in that field. I can make a lot of money, plus that, that check, make a lot of money. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thought of working around um, planes and helicopters, that was exciting to me. So I thought, okay, I'll, let me try that. And so I did. I worked around helicopters in um, San Diego, and I had a really good time just, just being, you know, Ruthie. Not little Ruth, not sister Ruthie, but just being Ruthie and working on birds. We call them birds. So we could go outside and put, build a helicopter together? No, we couldn't build one, no. <laughs> could we fix one? I don't one? remember much about any of that, really. <laughs> um, and I found out that I was really good at whatever I just set my mind to. Because what happened was I went in 
to the service to do one thing and I found myself getting ranking. I, I kept getting ranked up and up. So I realized, you know, it's just really about me just putting my mind to something that, that I just want to do it. Then I, I know I can do it. It doesn't matter what it's going to be. Wow. So let's try this music thing again. So, so but um, was the lifestyle restrictive or the, like I just yeah. picture something like maybe being I mean, I, I can see the advantages, like you said, you kept moving up, so if you're yeah. good, you're rewarded. But did you find it not the type of lifestyle you would? Yeah, and you know, after a while, I would play guitar on my uh, on my breaks, um, and on you know, we'd have to stand watch uh, around the uh, the hangar. Uh, everyone had a chance at you know standing watch throughout the night, and I would take my music books with me, and I realized, okay. You know, this is this is great. It's it was um, more like a job. You know, you show up for muster at seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, and and you and you leave at five or six o'clock in the evening, and your days your evenings to yourself, mm-hmm. which was great. But uh, I wanted more, and especially going back to reading my my theory books, my ear my my ear training books, and I brought my music theory books with me. Uh, when I was uh, not working and on my breaks, and I realized I really miss that, um, almost that chaos, that little bit of chaos that happens with music, you know, that unpredicted, unpredictability, the things that happen that you don't plan. But are we talking just musically or just everything to do with being a musician? Everything to do with being a musician. <laughs> right. You know, I had, I, had, I had been there as a, as a kid, and I thought, well, this could... This is great, and I could do well. I know I could do well in this in this uh, in this place, but I want to try music um, one more time. And uh, so I tried out for the Navy band while I was uh, in San Diego, and I got in, which is really hard to do because when you go in uh, with an, an elective to be one thing and you try to switch over, they make it pretty difficult for you. Uh, and the Navy band in particular, these guys are good. It's all they do is read yeah. music and practice and go out and play. That's and, and what are you all playing? they do. What are you playing in the Navy band? I actually went in as a vocalist. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's the only branch out of the Army, Marines, and the Air Force bands. Uh, it's the only branch that has a vocalist billet. And so, you know, I lucked out with picking the right branch, you know, so. Helicopters yay. and vocals. Yeah, right. Yay me. You know, and i tell you how this happened, uh, really. I was thinking about music and and how I, I loved what I was doing there uh, in, in San Diego and making really good friends, friends I, I'm still in touch with today. But I went to our commanding officer's Christmas party um, when, you, well, it was that, you know, I was in San Diego, July, uh, uh, 89 and then uh, the Christmas party happened and I sat in with uh, some guys from my squadron one played guitar one played drums they had a you know makeshift band set up in the house and I I went up and sang and I don't even remember what I sang oh I sang Red House uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jimi Hendrix uh, version of Red House I just I just got up and sang that and then I walked away and my com- my commander pulled me to the side and he said what are you doing here? Why are you here when you sing like that? And I thought I was in some kind of trouble because the next, the next Monday he called me to his office and he ignored me for about an hour. He made me stand at attention in his office while he signed papers. And he finally called me up to his desk and he says, uh, Petty Officer Foster, uh, I, I, wanna, I want you to know that I would really like for you to consider trying out for the Navy band here in San Diego because I meant what I said. You really shouldn't be here. Hmm. And I, I, you know, what do you say? Well, sir, yes, sir. Uh, You know, I was thinking kind of the same thing. I kind of like music, but, you know, I really love it here. And, and, um, you know, I'm I'm doing well and I'm, I'm up for my next rank. And he says, no, no. No, you're, you're going to try out for the Navy band. And I went, yes, sir. I, I, I believe you're right, sir. No, I'm right, he kept telling me. So I did. I tried out for the Navy band. And it's, like I said, it, they made it really tough for me. Um, they made me do some sightseeing, and, and, um, and uh, I found out I was not too bad at that. 
because I got in. And from there, you have to go to a school in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Little Creek, Virginia. It's um, six months, basically retraining you how to be a Navy band musician. Wow. Yeah, which was unlearning everything I just learned in music school right. and learning was their it way. Was completely different? So it was a little bit different, yeah. A little bit different, not completely. Um, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being able to dig in and, and just be the best musician I could be, not just a vocalist, because I found out that um, I was not bad at playing piano. So my minor, if you will, because it was a school of music, my major was vocals, but my minor was piano. And I really was, I really got into playing more instruments. I played piano. I tried, uh, I could always play a little banjo. I, I tried saxophone. I tried whatever they put in my hands. And it was awesome to be, and find out that I'm at that level um, of a musician that I had always dreamed to be. And it was really from, um, it, it was it was from playing all those early years, but really spending that one year digging into learn uh, learning how to really digging in learning how to uh, read, and uh, that did me well. That did me really well. So yeah, I joined the Navy, and they sent me to. I did six months there in Norfolk, Virginia, and they sent me to Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, I was the. Navy band vocalist for the band Pride. We were a funk band, uh, you know, urban top 40 funk band. And who would you play? I was a vocalist and I was the uh, second keyboard. No, second sorry, where, where would you play? Where would, where would we play? Oh, yeah. we, played, um, we played a lot of uh, Navy um, gatherings, you know, if you will, and the Admiral, um, of the uh, base would always have parties. We played those. We played mostly schools. We were a recruiting band. Okay. Yeah, they would send us out to all of these uh, schools throughout Georgia, South Carolina, parts of uh, Florida. We did. Uh, I did three Mardi Gras on you know the, the Navy floats. Huh. So yeah. And, and what are you thinking at this point? Like this is my career. Like I can see this as a career or. Yeah, I really yeah. did see that as a, uh, I saw myself as a Navy band musician because uh, there were people who had been in, you know, had retired from being Navy band musicians. Yeah. Wow. So and what, you move rather quickly up up the ranks that way, too. And you, you seemed at that point quite content with I that. I was. Route. Yeah, I really was. I was, uh, I was having a good old time, you know, just learning, learning more. I learned so much because we did nothing but practice and, and rehearse and and play in front of we played in front of high school kids just about every week somewhere uh, we get in a 15 passenger van, van and we we had a trailer behind that I learned how to how to back up a trailer with a 15 <laughs> passenger van I learned how to travel with all of these guys um, you know the only woman in this seven to ten piece band without losing my mind <laughs> yeah or anything else for that matter but it was, and these guys were my brothers. They really were. Um, so I learned how to travel. A lot of what I do with my my in my music career, when it comes to the travel, and um, and and routing and booking and leading a band and figuring out your set list and reading your audience, I learned that in the Navy band. Wow! I had a wonderful unit leader. Um, Petty Officer Henderson and um, Mike Henderson was his name. I think he's still in Charleston, South Carolina, retired. I learned a lot by watching him. And um, so, what made you decide that you want to do something else? Mm, yeah, there's that thing about Ruthie wanting more. That <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I really did love that too. You know, I managed to get married and divorced while I was going through all of that. And I got to this point where I wanted to do music on my own terms and, and, and music that I actually wrote because we were basically just, um, you know, a cover band for the most part. We were good, right. but mostly a cover band. 
and we played mostly for uh, high schools. And when you're playing for high schools, and especially in the in the urban communities, you better know what you're doing because these guys will boo you off the stage <laughs> if you are not good. And so we did, um, you know, this is dating dating me, but you know, Keith Sweat. You know, we did a lot of, uh, you know, we did the dance moves in our little ice cream suits. Uh, you know, the, the Navy Whites. Right. Uh, we did dance moves. We had horns. We were a full-on, uh, you know, uh, funk band. And we were good. We really were. But I wanted more. I wanted something uh, to where I can, you know, I can make my own calls and I can uh, uh, sing what I want to sing and, uh, and stretch myself. So how long did that vocally. take for you to realize that, yeah, maybe this isn't my thing? Well, I was there for three years. So I would say about the second year into that, you know, I realized, okay, well, this is cool. This is fun. But, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Just learning a new song was what makes it new. So I thought, well, you know, I need to get to writing. So, I, you know, I started writing more and doing my own thing. And I played around town when I wasn't, um, you know, t- touring with my uh, my Navy guys. And I started to do uh, jazz uh, jazz gigs around uh, Charleston area, and I enjoyed that. And I even did some folk uh, shows in the area too. Um, and then just and, and the last three months of my term, I decided to try out for the Navy Band Commodores, which is the elite Navy Band in uh, their station in DC, basically the President's Band. There's a Marine version called the President's Own, and then there's a Navy version called the Commodores. And uh, this is as high as you go, and um, unless you're a Navy Band officer, which I found out later is what my my uh, my commander was grooming me for, hmm. because what I ha- what happened was I I tried out for the Navy Band Commodores as a vocalist because they had an opening, and I thought, well, let me try that. That could be fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you were always confident with your voice. You knew yeah, you could. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, much. I can see why, but yeah, I knew my abilities, and this was jazz. These guys were doing full on jazz, and I knew I could handle that. And so I went up to D.C. Uh, with my husband at the time, and uh, I tried out, and I found out I got in. They they were accepting me, um, and that scared me <laughs> because because I, I was just going to try it out. I, I thought I'd get a, get a chance to go back home and and you know think about it and then hear back hear back from them later. But no, they were getting ready to. Uh, basically vent me and and find out you know in order to go and play in the the uh the white house they have to basically find out you know basically who your mama was who your mama's mama was all of that and they were already starting that process while i was there and i thought did i just get this (laughs) are you telling me um i and the and the yeah uh yeah, Chief Warren Officer told me, "Yes, you you have this you have this you have the spot if you want it," and I turned it down. I turned it down because I just really wanted to see if I could do it, mm-hmm. honestly. And I really wanted I wanted to spread my wings in, in in more ways, and that was to write more and do my own songs. But did you know what that would mean, though? No idea. Okay. <laughs> no, and that's what was fun about it. Yeah, yeah. No idea. I thought. You know, let's try something else. Because that, that's not going back to square one, but that's going back and it starting is. over again. It is, yeah. But that was more thrilling than frightening. Yeah, it really was. It was. It was that, and I was freshly married, and it would have separated us at the time, and I was not thrilled about that, though people do it all the time. Right. But um, it, it wasn't... It, it just doesn't it didn't feel right I remember calling my mother that day and and she she said the right things I don't remember exactly what but it just made I remember hanging up the phone and thinking I'm gonna do what feels right I mean this is a it's an honor it's a true mm-hmm. honor to even get uh, a chance to audition for a spot like that 
that's just, you know, the universe is saying, this is waiting for you. This is what you want. Here you go. What are you going to do with it? Okay. And I realized, okay, all I had to do was ask the universe for this and it presented it to me. What if I get to record my own material and make my own records and play my own shows, send that out to the universe? Well, universe hand me that. You know, I got out of the Navy and the universe handed me this entire venue right there in Charleston as a stage manager. I could book whoever I wanted <laughs> into this, this place and play as much as I wanted. And that's what I did for about another three, three years. And did you ever regret that choice? No. Because it could have been, it must have been difficult to it start It was very over. difficult. And um, it was, um, yeah, my, my chief warrant officer was not very happy with me f about turning that down. Um, but uh, it's just, it, doesn't, it didn't feel like that's, that's not where I wanted to be. Right. You know? And and the good the good you know it ended well because a really good friend of mine my best friend at the at the, really at the time um, Leslie Sumney she actually got the she got the gig and she actually retired from that spot so you know it it, it ended well and uh, and you you've done pretty well yourself I think I did okay but could you have yeah. imagined I mean I don't know I look at you and I think of somebody who's who's very good at what they do and who's successful. I don't mm -hmm. know if you look at yourself that way. Um, and it's probably not a fair question to say, but if you were to go back to that person that said, I'm going to go out on my own mm -hmm. uh, and I want to create this career where I sing my own songs, is this what you had imagined or is that a f fair thing to I ask? I have no idea what it would look like. I just wanted to feel, I wanted to feel free. You know, it was all about freedom, you know, uh, with music and music should make you feel that way. And when it started to, you know, in all of, each of those chapters of my life, if you will, when I started, I get to a point where I, where I just don't feel free, free to do the music I want to do, free to be in charge of my own music business. That's when I know it's time to move in another direction. You know, just kind of give my give my will a little just a little tilt to just one degree and, it, and you find yourself in a totally different place. Um, yeah, I think I did, I did okay with just making, to me, they were small tweaks. You know, I was the same person. <laughs> I'm still in music. I'm just doing something a little different. Okay, so when you, when you have that idea, and I don't know if I talk about this, but have you ever made the little tweak or made a little change and said, I'm going to try this and it didn't work? Hmm. Like you've done, we talked about this in the past where you've done some really neat projects or you've worked mm -hmm. with some really neat people mm -hmm. um, and you continue to do so. You, you, you played with the Elman Brothers Band. You yeah. played with Robin Ford. Robin and, yeah. Like yeah. you just, you seem to find yourself in neat little spots and I don't know if that's a, a career, not change, and I'm not sure if it's even, you know, you're shifting your career or just, just experiencing another yeah, thing. It's just trying it out, really. And, uh, you know, those, those opportunities came from having um, the management that I had. You know, Blind Ambition management uh, brought some really good ideas to the table. And they know that I'm very open to, you know, new ideas. And, you know, that's how I ended up with, in, on stage standing next to Greg Allman and, and Warren Haynes and Derek Trucks. And, oh, my gosh, you know, these guys were, uh, you know... You know, what do you say when you walk? I'm walking out on stage with this little Taylor acoustic guitar and my and my and my I'm trying to figure out where to plug in. They're already, you know, the band's playing. Right. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're jamming. I'm standing out there. OK, somebody just pushed me out on stage and I don't know where I'm supposed to be or plug in. Derek Trucks grabs your guitar lead and he plugs it into his app. And you and you, you're thinking, OK, let's go. <laughs> I can do this. You know, yeah, the universe has a way of just placing me in, in these spots where, and my manager told me this, you know, he said, we, we can put you anywhere and you just thrive. You do okay. You do all right. And um, do you feel that confidence when you're up there, when you're given these new? Not always, but I know enough to, um, to do the best 
I know enough about music and I know how to at least present, you know, stand there and at least act like I know what I'm doing. And, um, and I've been around the block a little bit and I, I know, um, I'll know, I usually know one or two of the tunes that they're doing. And, um, you know, as a musician, my musicianship, uh, saves me a lot of the times, you know, when, um, Okay, so here's a question for you. Yeah. I watch you on stage, mm-hmm. and I've seen you a number of times, and, and, and I don't know if it's just because I like the music you play or I like you as a person, but you blow me away every time I see you. Mm-hmm. And you have the certain stage presence, and you put on a certain show that's of a certain caliber. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of other musicians that I feel the same way about. But I know that if I go see Ruthie Foster... I'm not going to be disappointed, and you're just going to... There are going to be moments in the show where I'll go, oh, my God. Mm. Wow. And, and, but I expect that that's the thing that you've been honing for many, many years through the band and whatever. Yeah. Did, did you know at what point where you got better at being a performer? Yeah. I, you know, and that still happens. You know, I'm still learning a lot about my, my abilities and, and um, what I can do. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still learning more on the piano as a musician and uh, as a writer. I'm doing a lot of listening right now uh, because it's, you know, it's time to write again. And what are you listening to? I am listening to, I just got the, the, the new John Prine album. John Prine, and I love him. Right. And, um, um, you know, from, from him to... Marsha Ball and listen to Marsha Ball because she's all about a good time and I do love that. Um, and, and listening in terms of be, in, in hopes of becoming a better songwriter? A better songwriter. Yeah, I am. Um, gosh. You know, there's so much listening I'm doing right now. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've discovered this little um, podcast, uh, The uh, Tiny Desk, mm-hmm. and I love that. All of these new, fresh songwriters singers from everywhere yeah. rappers you know that's just putting it out there you know i watch one podcast and someone's playing they have a bucket of water and they're figuring out a way to make music with a bucket <laughs> of water you know they may be pushing it but you know i i love just learning and uh as a songwriter i'm just wide open with uh listening for ideas and and paying attention to conversations and uh just trying to get back into that feel uh, again and is that an easy process mm, not for me because i'm a moving target i move around so much yeah I'm, I'm 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 touring a lot so that had a lot to do with why i needed to back off my touring a, a little bit i don't mind the idea of sitting in a hotel room and, and writing a song, but I, t- I tend to never finish, which is okay, you know, as long as I, I start something. So your preference would be to take some time off, go somewhere else and concentrate on writing? Yeah, that would be my preference now. There was a time when I could, I, I would have preferred just, you know, moving and writing and writing and moving. But these days, it, it, it you know... I got a lot going on with a seven-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. So how is like, okay, so it must be close to seven years since I last spoke to you. Yeah. How is that going? Oh, it's great. It's great being a mom, especially, you know, being so close to Mother's Day and all that. And it just <laughs> makes you feel, okay, all right, I want my prize. <laughs> you know, but. Uh, but it must be tough. And yeah. once again, to be on the road 80 days a year or whatever. Yeah. And, and not to see your seven-year-old. And I'd see all of it. You know, I, I don't see it all. I come back and she's, you know, I swear she's getting taller every time I see her. And, and uh, you know, she's um, a ball of fire and I love her. She's my lighthouse. I call her my lighthouse. She's, you know, she's she's my beacon, you know, when I'm out here and I can zero in on her right. and know that I'm okay. I know that I did okay. When she's okay, I know I'm okay. Yeah. That's a that's a lot to deal with, and um, you know I'm in between projects now, so um, that's keeping my mind kind of, you know, busy. 
thinking about the next one. Yeah, always thinking about the next one while touring with the the present one, the mm. present uh, uh, product. Um, and do you know once you release an album and you're touring with it, like, do you look at that project differently? Because once you wrote tested it, I do. It, yeah, that's it, a really excellent question. And, and, uh, uh, yeah. That is, uh, I, and when I'm in the studio, the studio is a very different thing to me. Um, it's it's more of a controlled environment, right? And so you don't road test your material before you go into the no, studio. Oh, okay, I haven't. I, I did at first. Uh, the first couple of albums I did, Runaway Soul. I had, I was doing that material for a while before actually recording it with Lloyd Maines, the producer, and um, I think the album even after that. But um, these days, it's, it's about finding the songs, writing a song for the album. It's a different process, and I've gotten really good at that, and I think that scares me. So I'm feeling like I'm, I'm in this in-between place where I want to start writing and just start putting uh, new songs in, in the set while we're out, and then do the other half in the studio. Right. That's where I'm, I'm feeling I need to go right now. That's interesting. I've never said that out loud, but that's been in my head for a while. Yeah. But I guess you got to always change, right? Because you're always challenging yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I keep it open. I keep an open mind. I am writing with different people. I've written something, but, you know, we haven't put anything down. Um, I've written with Seth Walker. He and I wrote a song together. Um, I wrote with um, uh, Scotty Miller, my keyboard player. We wrote a song that it was recorded by the Blind Boys. Wow. Um, so I am writing. It's more of a collaborative writing, which is great. It's and a lot more fun. the thing that you do is you play so many different types of music. Yeah. So I guess it's, it's a also blessing and a, a curse. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you have to find a blend that works together. And yeah. Have you ever made a move that you you feel like you alienated your audience? Uh no. There's always someone out there that just you know, they'll come to me at the CD table and they'll just grab my hands and go, "You get me." You so get me. You know what I'm thinking? Oh, I have no idea what this song means, but I'm just going to put it out there. You know, I do have those moments. I love that. And maybe Absolutely. you can ask them what, what, what it means. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I've had those moments. Those are great. And that's when you know you, you're in the right place, you know, when, when you connect with people, which I like to think that I do in my shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I do spend a lot of time... Um, with my set list before going up uh, to play. But is that for tour or is it every night it's a different thing? It's for every night it will be somewhat different. I have, you know, you have the key songs that you know that people are there to hear. So right. you have those. But then I'll, I'll, ch- I'll intermingle and I'll change a few based on, and this is something I learned from, you know, my good friend Mike Henderson. Um, is it's based on the feel of the room. If I feel the room's not quite with me yet, you know, there's a, there's certain songs that I I can I me and my band we 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 can draw them into, you know, come back come back to us. We're you know we're right in front of you. We're gonna drop it down to something really soft and moving. And me, you know, as a vocalist, you know, I, I know how to pull you in. I shouldn't say I know. But I know what works for me, right? And, and and vocally, I can go there and pull you back in. And then I may change the set again. I always say my set list is about it's an outline, right? You know, I, I barely follow my set list, <laughs> and I have a great band that is, uh, you know, they're very good at uh, reading me <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah. You mentioned your your band and and mm-hmm. that they can follow you and and you have been together with the band for a while, yeah. but you just recently lost a member. I did, yeah. And I'm very sorry about that. Thank you. Tell me about what, like, I can't even imagine how difficult that must be because this is yeah. family. This it is somebody is. you spent a long time with over there. Yeah, Samantha, Samantha Banks, uh, my drummer. Uh, we traveled together close to twenty years. So, how did you first meet? We met <laughs> in College Station, Texas. Um, <clears throat> I was um, 
I was at, at my apartment, and I've, I'm really good friends with um, the uh, manager of a venue there. And he called me up one night. He actually woke me up to tell me that there's this woman I've got to see playing drums with this band that was in his place. And so I got in my truck, and I went down there. And I walk in, and I see this big, beautiful African-American woman, and she is in African garb. You know, she's got the colors on. She's got the hat. You know, like something from coming to America, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she is playing her ass off, just popping. And uh, I walked in and went, OMG, I've got to get to know this woman. Somebody give me a shot. I'm going to be here for a while. So, yeah, and, and on her break, we got a chance to chat. So it was instantaneous. Yeah, yeah, because um, uh, the, the, the manager of this place, Willie Bennett, never will forget his name, uh, Willie was uh, good friends with her, and he had told her about me. So, yeah, we got a chance to just chat there in the, at the bar, and, and uh, we became fast, fast friends. And she had a jazz fusion band in Houston. She, she lived in Houston. And she called me up about a year after that, uh, after just kind of hit and, and miss when it came to just catching up with each other, to come sing on her album. So I'm on two of her albums, uh, jazz, just doing jazz stuff, you know, jazz singing. And um, so she had her band for a while, Yashid was the name of that band. And I was touring as a, um, with my own, well, on my own, or I think I was with... Uh, a percussion player mm-hmm. and um, I thought it would be great to add her on drums and she, at that time I got to know other members of Yashid and that would be Tanya the bass player so uh, Samantha and Tanya came at the same time into my band they were the no. first my first band what is it important that they were females and not matter? not at all it just kind of worked out that I know way you, that wasn't always the case right no no it's just kind of worked out that way you know, Sam and I were friends, and we thought it would just be fun to do a couple of shows together. And uh, her band, you know, just kind of fell apart after a while, and so she wanted to come on with me full time, and that's that's how it that's how it happened. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we traveled. You know, we had her memorial service um, last Sunday, and and I got to see this slideshow that that showed all the many places we toured together all over the world. And, uh, I, I, you know, I can feel really good about that, knowing that, uh, you know, I was, we were a part of each other's lives for almost half of our life, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. And because uh, she was 51 when she passed. She, um, she had a, a major stroke uh, in February, late February. And uh, just n- never really, you know, came out of that. Caught pneumonia, and and it got worse after that. So, yeah, it was very, very sad. Uh, I'm gonna miss her big smiling face at the airports, and uh, and uh, you know, and her instigating all kinds of trouble in the van. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was trouble when it came to travel. That's for sure. <laughs> Her specialness, we call her special, and uh, but you know, I, I, uh, and I, I will grieve for a long time, but I will also smile, and know that she is everywhere. She's she's showing up everywhere, even right now. You know, she's just, uh, yeah. She she the way I look at it, she didn't go anywhere. She's just all over the place, still bugging me. You know, <laughs> definitely still out out here but yeah she was a, she was a light she really was a light is, is touring a little difficult now I know it's you different know, it's, it's different I have all fellas and that's very different and uh, I'm, I'm grateful they're all incredible musicians uh, still so I have Larry Fulcher on bass and I have a, a young man uh, out of Austin Brandon Temple is stepping in for the rest of the year as my drummer and we're traveling as a trio, and I still have my guys, um, Scotty Miller on keys once in a while, and Hatton Sayers on guitar every once in a while. So, 
How we just did, we just did a, a jazz fest together. Oh. And uh, we uh, played. We closed the blues tent down, you know, and blew that place out of the water. It was a wonderful time. I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. But I, I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to, to continue. <clears throat> yeah. With that presence not being there. It is very um, difficult. But it's nice to hear that, it's really not, gone. Mm-hmm. That she's everywhere around you. Yeah, if you listen to anything that I sing about people passing on, and I learned this as a child with people passing around me, you know, it's it's uh, you can it's about you know you, it is there is grief involved. You you should grieve, and uh, that's healthy. You really should do that. But you know, it's about a ce- it's about a celebration of their life and their time while they mm-hmm. were here, and uh, and honoring that at the same time and uh, I know that Samantha wouldn't want me to to stop what I'm doing she wouldn't want me to um, change anything about um, you know breaking the music down to where it was sad and and uh, and in her words impossible to just listen to you know <laughs> she would want me to just keep on pushing and and actually just push it to another level you know and uh that's what i'm gonna keep doing well it sounds like you've always i don't know if it got restless and then mm. pushed on yeah, but yeah. You, it seems like there's a pattern that at some point or another you look for something else to do yeah and is that is that an easy process? Is it a painful process? Is that something mm. you really look forward to? It's more of something I do. I do. Um, I look at as as, as a, this little light, you know, in the distance that I kind of want to follow for a while, right? And see what happens. So it's, right now, you said you're in between projects. Mm-hmm. You're, you're still touring on the last album. Yeah. You're thinking about the next one. Yeah. Do you have any idea? Like when you. When you decide what that thing is, do you know immediately, or how does no, that happen? I don't. I don't know. I just I throw I just throw it out there. I may have a it, this this next album may happen with one song and grow from there, uh, as far as um, a subject. But uh, I, I want I do want it to honor where I've been. I do know that much. I want it to honor where I've been and the people that I've done it with, namely. Miss Samantha, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I want to take my time with that. So those those who are waiting on the next album and think it's going to happen soon, I don't think so. I've, I've got a lot of uh, that's been a lot of lot going on with this year, and uh, I got a lot to process. And uh, in that process, I want to be sure about where my next step's going to be. So. In the beginning, we talked about how the music industry has changed mm-hmm. and that CD sales aren't just coming off the stores, which they don't exist anymore, that you have to go out and play and you sell off the stage. Mm-hmm. How does all that change in the way that you make plans for the next project? Like, the industry has changed. Yes, it has. And does that, does that inform how you make the decision, or you don't think about it that way? Yeah, it, it does play a part in that, and... and uh, because I consider I am in my this is a business you know this is uh, I'm making music but you know it's it's a it's a business and I have to treat it that way and and respect the changes that are happening because they affect they affect everything Mm -hmm. Um, but it is what it is there's nothing you can do about it yeah I accept it yeah I accept for you know if I have to um, you know if if the the way I just distribute my music has to change I'm, I'm up for that I'm up for whatever works it's just about getting the songs out there and uh, and and keeping my voice right in the middle just riding riding right in the middle is the song the priority more than anything else or is it the performance or is it one and the same like I because I, I think songs are so important and yeah. there are a number of songs that you've written that I love and I think Thank you, you know them um, mm-hmm. we've talked about them in the past but is it is it making the song and presenting it as a song and that's the end goal or is it more about the live experience and you know I would have said the live experience the performance um, 
a year ago. But these days, for me, it's about finding the meaning in the song. The live performance will always be there for me. That's something I, I know and something I do. Um, having a good song with that, just that just lifts it even higher for me. That's, that's, a, that's my purpose right there. When those two come together, a great mm-hmm. song with a great performance. And, and I'd like to think that you believe that you've achieved that a few times. Or oh, yeah. No? Okay, yeah. okay. I get I, goosebumps just like everybody else. <laughs> You know, woo, that just felt good to sing. I have those moments, yeah. Like, I think of Phenomenal Woman, and yeah. I think that that's like one of those magical songs. That, Beautiful song. Yeah. And, yeah, and when you go up and take mm-hmm. it to another level and yeah. then take it to another level, right? it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you knew the moment you wrote that, that that... Well, I didn't write it. It's a Maya Angelou poem. It's based off of one of her poems, and uh, set to music by uh, Amy Skye. But what I try to do is put the song out there more. I think more people need to hear it, especially more women need to hear it mm-hmm. right now in these times. And I, it empowers me to even sing it. You know, it just it just makes my day to get a chance to sing phenomenal. Are we doing phenomenal tonight? Yeah, we better do phenomenal. I'll do it just for me. I'm sure somebody will catch it. Yeah. Can you? Okay, silly question, but can you always hit those notes? Like, is there ever a doubt that... So far, so far, I'm going to knock on something here. I'm going to knock on some velvet. And, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's stunning. It's, Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's moving for me to do it. It's empowering, even for me. So that's the kind of song you want to write and I continue to write? I want to write that so bad, yes. Yeah. And would you know when at the moment... Did oh, yeah. you write it? That I think it, so. This is the song. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll just keep. I know it's in there somewhere. I'll keep fishing. Keep throwing out a line, one <laughs> word at a time. <laughs> and are there any other goals you have? Oh, you know those change. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, keep keep pushing forward and and, and lifting, lifting, uh, lifting myself because I think in lifting myself. What is it they say? You know, you and and being good to yourself and lifting yourself, you give other people permission to do the same. Yeah. I know you come from a very spiritual background, mm-hmm. maybe religious background, yeah. and and obviously it's done you well. And it serves okay. me. Yeah. When I'm on the floor, like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I have that. I have those days too. That's where the good songs come from too. And that that's you know you can ride that. Use that as a, a way to get back up. Oh, yeah. I feel there's some good things coming. Definitely some good songs coming. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you so much for doing this. You're Every time I see you, it's a thrill for me. And, thank you. And um, you doing this means a great deal to me. So thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you.